Sally Worrier was a seminar participant who listened through the first three sessions, and in the fourth, she said that she had been trying to tone down her worrying, but wasn't having any success. She described her mother as a continual worrier about every little thing and attributed her worrying to having learned how to worry from her. In other words, she was presenting her alibi for her worrying and felt helpless to change. I asked her if she had any girlfriends who were good worriers, and she immediately named Bridget as a bigger worrier. I indicated that it sounded like Bridget was in a class of her own, and Sally agreed. I suggested that she might ask her friend the following. Since you are a more proficient worrier than I am, would you do me the following favor? When I realized that I am doing worrying about something, would it be all right for me to call you, name my worry, and have you take on the worry because you are so much better than I at it? Sally laughed, and she, she said that was silly, but she would talk to her. In a Mall Lazarus cartoon, the school psychologist is giving advice to Ira. Ira, the more you worry about your problems, the more anxiety you will feel. I know, that's one of the problems I worry most about. At the next meeting, Sally volunteered that she had talked to her friend and they had had a good laugh about it. Bridget had also agreed to take on any of Sally's worries. The result was, she reported, that when she noticed that she had begun to worry, she would think about calling her friend and then chuckle at the thought. Of course, she interrupted the worrying. In my terminology, when she got on the worry burner, she made a channel change that ended in a chuckle. And she can't do chuckle and serious worry at the same time. I have shared several instances of rapid change and implementation based on some non-standard assumptions, and I may do a few more. First, each person is responsible, at the wheel, for what they internally experience or make up about the world. It is not the circumstances or the people, just their thoughts, umpiring calls about their unique situation. Second, if the resulting filio is negative, painful, or not useful, they can shift their audio and video to do something else, and thus their feelings. If the way you feel is not better, keep changing channels. You have the remote. If you think that it is not easy, you will be right. On the other hand, if you think that you can use your internal sovereignty to your benefit, you will also be right. Because of rapid change, you are likely to experience some initial awkwardness as you feel better more and more. By the way, the reason many people don't feel good much of the time is that they are so adept at feeling bad. The statements made are about the majority of people who are considered normal in our culture, whatever that is. What I am writing is probably not very relevant to individuals who are clearly diagnosed in categories like severe autism or schizophrenia. Also, what I have written would not be relevant to people in the third world who are starving. 
I'm only addressing people who have read thus far, knowing that it's all BS. A recent article in the Scientific American focused on sight and seeing. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like the following. There may be 100 million stimuli in your visual field. However, you have only 10 million retinal cells, so only 10% of the stimuli can be picked up. Next, the optical nerve has only the capacity to transmit 10% of the retinal output. So 10% of 10% means that our visual cortex is receiving only 1% of the stimuli out there. In other words, a tiny sample. Combine this with the variety of presets and different life experiences that you can begin to appreciate the variety of thoughts possible about anything. When you and I were born, we did not know anything because we did not have a mind. Now we have a mind of our own that we own, and we think we know things. However, we only know and experience our thoughts about things. You can begin to appreciate the unreliability of so-called eyewitnesses. I have lived quite a few decades, and I have concluded that it is not worth going to the mat about much of anything, since I don't know what is going on. I just think I do. Meaning, I make up thoughts about what might be going on, just like everybody else. I refer back to Calvin and Hobbes, where Calvin says everybody is ad-libbing their lines. And Hobbes says that is why it's hard to tell whether it's a tragedy or a farce. The ending line is, what we need is more special effects and dance numbers. I have had a lot of fun in my career as a coach or consultant, as well as my life in general.